As parents, we often love to shower our children in autism acceptance, but in doing so, are we losing sight of who our child really is? Join us as we discuss autism and identity. Welcome to Embracing Autism, a podcast for parents of autistic children seeking advice and support while spreading awareness and acceptance of autism spectrum disorder. I'm Leah. And I'm Matt. And each week we will discuss our journey with autism and talk about how to embrace your child's individuality while providing guidance, tips, resources, and sharing our personal stories. This is Embracing Embracing Autism. Autism. Hey, Matt. Hey, how are you? I've been here the whole time, don't worry. (laughs) So we want to talk about autism and identity, and there's a couple of reasons behind this. One of these reasons is because Matt and I grew up neurodivergent. And so we have a little bit of experience with what it feels like growing up, basically knowing that you're different, especially as you get into those like teenage years. It can be kind of a touchy area, but we're also parents and we're parents to neurodivergent children. And so we also understand and can empathize with that need or that interest as a parent to express how you accept your child for who they are by doing many things that parents tend to do. I love, for example, to wear those shirts that says love needs no words. I find it really sweet and endearing. Matt, I don't know if there's something that you particularly like. Well, I like the phrase, and I'm probably going to mess it up because I always see it on the wall. It's about all the kernels of popcorn are like in the same heat, in the same bowl or whatever, and they each pop at their different times. Sometimes someone might get ahead in some areas, and sometimes they might kind of fall behind or lag. So I just kind of like that. I don't know. It puts kind of things into perspective a little bit for me. I seriously want to take that exact quote and smush it onto a t-shirt. I like it. (laughs) It was so long. Uh, But I know know the saying that you're talking about, but I really want a t-shirt that says that. That'd be great. That's going to be our autism gear. That for me has like a personal feeling because I remember it was with our oldest daughter and I think it was for probably like her first therapy when we hadn't even locked in our therapist. It was like the first session. And I remember the therapy center had that on the wall and I remember just kind of reflecting on that and being like, okay, yeah, that's kind of interesting. And then kind of like taking it to heart to see like, how does that impact our family or what does that mean for our family? So it actually kind of spoke to me in kind of a deeper level. So that's always kind of stuck with me through the years. Same thing with, I'm sure the quotes that you kind of see that you cling on to. They have a number of good ones out there for sure. That's why it's important to understand that we are coming at this topic from a sympathetic way. It is a sensitive topic, but we are trying to be sensitive about that as well. I understand that, like Matt was saying, phrases and slogans can have power. As a parent who was struggling initially to really come to terms with my children's diagnosis when I didn't really know what it meant, Those things have a sense of emotional support in them. Like these words, these phrases become a mantra that help you cope with what you're experiencing as a parent. So I can totally understand that. The one thing that I want to kind of dive into, though, is how we as parents can figure out how far to take the autism acceptance within our homes. And what I mean by that is whether or not it is often appropriate or acceptable or basically a good idea to put puzzle pieces all over the house or maybe wear all the gear or maybe deck out your kid's room in all autism colors and all that stuff. I have seen some parents who are really, really, really accepting of their kids and it's amazing and wonderful, but it seems like the passion 
of accepting your child and all that love is being directed towards the symbolism of autism rather than the child themselves. I would also stress kind of the importance that it is kind of a balance of sorts because there's not a fine line like, oh, if you own five autism t-shirts, you're in the clear. But once you get that sixth one, that's taboo. Like that's when you've gone crazy. It's more of a balance and balance can mean a lot of things for different people and have more shift here or there. So I think when it starts to overpower who your child essentially is, so when you look at your child is the first initial reaction is like my autistic child, that would be like the focus or the main qualifier of them. Or is it like when you think of your child, be like, wow, my child is really great with reading, with coloring. She loves to dance and sing and play music. If you're focused on the child and their interests and what makes them unique and who they are as an individual person, then I think that you found that comfortable balance. But I think as soon as it starts to kind of shift over, and then if you start seeing your child only as just your autistic child, then I think you kind of need to recalibrate a little bit and kind of shift back. But of course, there's no too much here, too much there. It's a very subjective, personal thing for each individual person. Yeah, I think it's kind of like too much of a good thing can be a bad thing sort of thing. There's two sides to autism when it comes to when somebody receives the news. There's those who are like completely in denial. They don't want anything to do with it. There's parents who, as soon as they find out, they want to put their kid in foster care. They want to put them up for adoption. Like they want nothing to do with it. And then there's the other extreme of that, which is overacceptance, where you make your whole life all autism and your child's life all autism. And I say that as somebody who hosts an autism podcast and has an autism charity, so I get it. But when we are taking the context of our child into consideration, when we are conversing with our child, hanging out with our child, picking out outfits for our child, bringing them to places, are we as parents taking into consideration what the child wants? Are we thinking, does my kid want to be decked out in autism puzzle pieces and t-shirts that say, autism is my superpower, things like that? As somebody who grew up neurodivergent, I did not want attention on that. I did not want people to automatically know from me just walking across the street that, hey, that person has a disability. Because one, when you're autistic, you oftentimes don't want to engage in conversations with strangers. And that can open a door that you're not really ready for. People might be more likely to come up to you and say something. And as an autistic person, that can cause a lot of anxiety. I have never purchased a shirt for myself that says I am dyslexic. Because even as long as I can remember, as soon as like reading became a standard for school, I always wanted to not be there when the class was reading. And I mean, I'd be taken out of the class and I knew I was not great at it. So I didn't want any more focus put on that. So, I mean, it depends on, I guess, the child as well. Like definitely I would see if they are able to have that conversation, I would definitely see how they feel about any type of, I don't know, items, t-shirts. Yeah. I was trying to think like, what do you call that? Like gear? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I would check to see, I mean, if they are aware and understand like what autism is, do they themselves want to be decked out in all the autism gear. If they do, then, I mean, more power to them. I mean, that's great. If they don't, if they're a little bit more shy like we both were, I mean, I wanted to kind of distance myself from it and really not talk about it as much as I I could. But yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, think that if you are able to have the conversation at some point when they're a child, it probably is a good idea to have that conversation. 
I think the real reason you didn't want a t-shirt that said you're dyslexic is because you couldn't read it. <laughs> I was going to say, those letters would be all sorts of messed up. That would be a good shirt, though. Just mess oh up gosh. the letters intentionally. I know this is probably offensive to the dyslexic group, but hey, you're dyslexic. Yeah, you, you're cool with it. it. <laughs> but yeah, again, when it comes to this identity piece, one of the things that we're really trying to focus on is realizing or understanding that beneath the diagnosis is a person. And whether or not our child is nonverbal, whether or not they're two or three, and, and we think that maybe they're checked out and they don't care, maybe they don't. It's possible, but maybe they do. And if that's the case, I want to be as responsible as I can with my child and not go around making these assumptions that they are totally cool with me wearing their autism on my sleeve all the time. Again, I say that as somebody with a podcast, but that's why we're very careful with the podcast not to mention their names and not to ever put their faces anywhere. We're trying to protect their privacy for that reason. Right, because that's their identity. And if they choose to out themselves or talk about it when they get older and be like, yeah, they're talking about me in this podcast, that's on them. But otherwise, I mean, this is basically our accounts and we don't have the right to show their faces or basically kind of say like, oh, look, this is my daughter who who is autistic. I, I don't have that right as I think her parents to everyone out there. So, I mean, we definitely take precautions and we definitely try to stress the importance of any pictures that we take. It's, I mean, nothing that you can see kind of like back of head at best or definitely like faded pictures so you can't really tell anything. Cartoons. Right, right, right. So, I mean, those are some of like the precautions that we've taken. But I think for me, when I was in college, I had a a friend who uh, didn't have one arm. And it was very interesting because his friends obviously were able to see past the disability that he was missing a hand, but he didn't let it bother him. I mean, he was fantastic at hockey, soccer, football, playing video games. He would play with one hand and I mean, would beat me every time. I mean, he was an amazing person and he didn't let it get him down, didn't really care one way or the other. And it was very interesting because uh, he had so much confidence, but it was always interesting to see when someone would meet him for the first time, they wouldn't really know how to act. So they'd try and delicately kind of dance around as where the rest of his friends would like make a joke, be like, oh my gosh, like what happened to your hand? Like, where did it go? And just little (laughs) things like that. And I mean, he, he, he did it on himself too, for like Halloween, he would dress up as like Captain Hook or what, like, I mean, he was totally in it, but didn't care. So, I mean, it depends on the personality of the person with whatever disability they're struggling with. Some people, it doesn't bother them one way or the other. They might make a joke and then move on with their life and it has no impact on them. And then some people are a little bit more shy and are trying to walk that delicate line where they don't really want to be noticed by people because they don't have as much self-confidence as others do. And they feel like they don't want to voice their opinion or what they actually think for various reasons. So, And the other reason that I think it's important is because sometimes we get lost in that. Like I know like for me, when my kids were first diagnosed, I definitely did feel that pull towards wanting to get the t-shirts, get the mugs, get whatever it was to show, I know that you were diagnosed with autism. I'm going to support you. I'm going to do everything it takes to get you therapies and the help and everything that you need. That's kind of just part of the process. Getting your armor, that is what the gear is. But sometimes where that not necessarily crosses the line, but gets uncomfortable for me is when we then push that onto the kid. I'm all for you as an adult, as a parent, wearing whatever gear, t-shirt, whatever it is that you want to wear. I'm really more cautious about my child and what I make my child wear or what I make them decorate their room as. I had seen this story on Facebook, very well-meaning, 
but a parent posted pictures. Her child was just diagnosed with autism and she completely wanted to redo their room. So she basically decked out the room in like the autism colors, which are like the bright red, yellow, blue, primary colors, puzzle pieces everywhere, the bed sheets, everything. And I mean, it was cute. It was a cute theme, but I immediately started thinking and I was like, well, It's very well intended, but it's actually a very autism unfriendly room. For one, the sensory stimulation of having bright, vivid colors can be really distracting or difficult for people who have high sensory sensitivities. So it doesn't even really make sense for an autistic kid to have that type of room. But also when we do that, we're kind of taking away our kid's identity because your room is really your space when you're a kid. It's the only thing you kind of own as a child. And so it's really your creative outlet. It's where you can be yourself. So if we take over that space, we're kind of taking away a part of their identity. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I was just thinking of when our kids are having a meltdown, we try to put them in a quiet, safe space that doesn't have too many distractions, but that would definitely be over the top. Bright colors generally don't help. Usually it's trying to find things that are a little more mellow or kind of darker lights. Or in some cases, like our kids' room, uh, they have very dull lights, so it, it kind of is calming or you don't turn on the lights altogether. I can see where some people might perceive that as a bit over the top. It's hard to say because we're all at different steps along the embracing autism walk. So I'm not sure if that was like someone early on where they're like, I'm going to fight against the world and everyone is going to be aware of autism or if they're they're well on the path and that's just who they are as a person. I get the sense that that does tend to be around that time. From what I've seen, at least, it tends to be early on in that diagnosis process where, again, I personally felt that pull. It's hard to explain, but at least for me, my experience was that I felt I can't do anything about my child's diagnosis, but I can express my support for them. And the only way I know how to at that time was by expressing it through the way I dressed or the way I decorated things or things that I got for my child. That's pretty natural response, honestly. T-shirts are made to be self-expressive since the beginning of time. Everyone puts on how they're feeling on their shirts. That makes sense. But that line is more like when we are putting that on our child, when we maybe get them the autism backpack for school or puzzle piece shoes for school or something like that. That's where my hesitation comes in because we are outing our kids in a way that they might not be ready for. Right. And depending on their self-confidence altogether, or I mean, if they're aware of their surroundings, if you put them in a ton of autism gear, we'll call it, if they see a school bully that they don't really want to talk to and they're trying to avoid him, sooner or later, that bully is going to notice, oh, that's weird that you have puzzle pieces. I wonder what that means. And then from there, drawing attention. It's bright colors for a reason. So it would definitely draw attention as far as like the like no bullying campaign. I mean, obviously we are against bullying, but I mean, it would be naive to assume that bullying has stopped and there's no longer kids harassing other kids on playgrounds or when other teachers aren't around or listening. So that's kind of where we kind of fall into this mix. It's kind of a missed opportunity sometimes too, because if we're focusing so much on autism identity, sometimes we miss out on what their real underlying identity is. For instance, we're in the process now of doing the rooms. We've had to like save up money to get furniture and stuff because our move was so expensive. But now we're finally at the phase where we could start painting the rooms and customizing it more. And so I asked my eldest, 
what do you want us to decorate your room as? And she loves all sorts of things, but there's two things that she loves the most in this world. And that is the solar system and outer space and ducks. And of course, she told me instantly, space ducks. She wants me to have her room decked out in space ducks. Seems like valid uh, choice. (laughs) I mean... I guess the duck flew too high. I don't know. Whatever that means to her, we're going to try to accommodate as best as we can space ducks for her room. What I find really amazing about that is it's this unique creative thing that she kind of has all to herself that I personally would never in a million years have thought to decorate her room in space ducks. But she came up with that. And so I think about sometimes like, What would have happened had I insisted on or thought of and went with the idea of just decking out her room in like autism colors and memorabilia and things like that? By doing that, I might have never really known what she was really into. And I would have never known that she could come up with something as creative as Space Ducks. So that's kind of what I mean with taking away the opportunity to get to know our children's identity. Because when it comes to autism, it really is hard to connect with our kids. It's really hard to speak with them or get to know them, especially if you have a nonverbal child. But even if your child is verbal, it's still limited. Having a space for them to be able to express themselves freely will give you kind of an insight or a peek into their world. You get to pull that curtain aside for a moment and get to know a little bit more of who they are. So that's why I advocate against taking that identity over a little bit with the autism symbolism. And it is neat when you let them go down the rabbit hole and see if you're given a blank canvas, what will you do with it versus letting them basically have, oh, here are your three colors that you can play with. In our case, they've kind of surprised us a little bit with some of the creative activities that they come up with. Or in the case of our oldest, she definitely has shown with the space ducks idea. I'm not not really sure how we're going to do that or what colors we're going to go with. But I mean, it's very interesting just to see the mind of our daughter and what she finds interesting and creative. We can kind of meet her where she is. So we can kind of get excited with her and be like, oh, are the ducks going to be in in a rocket ship or are they going to be on an asteroid flying across the sun? And she'll get super excited and she'll tell us like, yes, they're going to be in a rocket ship. They're going to visit each of the planets. And she's like telling us like a story that she's creating just because of her love for both space and ducks. It's really interesting when you kind of meet them where they're at and kind of see their world or they let you in a little bit. If you don't give them that opportunity, it's definitely a missed opportunity because you might miss a glimpse of the most unique part of who your child is as far as like the individuality of their personality and the things that they truly, truly love. So, I mean, I I would definitely lean more on potentially their interests, their colors, their clothing that they like. I mean, both of our girls are obsessed with tutus. And I mean, they've gone to therapy in tutus more than once and some crazy hairstyles. But I mean, it it is also creating a very interesting persona that we wouldn't have necessarily thought of for them. So it's just kind of interesting to kind of see who they are choosing to be when given more leeway in making decisions for themselves. Yeah, it's kind of like that fun aspect of like when you let your kid pick out what they want to dress themselves as. Right. The most crazy colors in the world and long tube socks that they pull up and you think that it might be a commercial from like the 80s or something. But I mean, it's also fun. They love being able to pick out their own clothes, even if it doesn't necessarily match. At the same time, their teachers and their therapists also 
also love the different colors and style. They think it's adorable. So, I mean, basically everyone is happy who kind of sees them because they're like, that's a very interesting choice, but I kind of like where your head's at. It looks very interesting. And overall, it's kind of a fun, I don't know, experiment of sorts. But no, I definitely, I definitely think just to see if you're able to give them that option and see if they can surprise you a little bit. Again, this is not something to like attack parents. We're not trying to say that it's a bad thing. Sorry, my voice is not great right now because we're still recovering from I don't know know. what. We've been dodging the camera for a little bit and trying to, (laughs) we both have our tea that we're trying to drink. We're like chugging our tea. Oh my gosh. We got these cool embracing autism mugs. So if you're listening to this in the audio, you don't get to see it, but they're cool. And they're translucent too. (laughs) Yeah, but we've been fighting. This is like our sixth bug, cold, whatever you call it, since Christmas. And you have no idea how hard it is to record a podcast when you have no voice. (laughs) That's true. Yep. It's uh, definitely a challenge. I don't think we ever told them about the time that we um, ran away and eloped in Vegas. (laughs) Actually, funny story, we did elope, but not in Vegas. Not in Vegas. (laughs) A story for another time. (laughs) But speaking of elopement, (laughs) I would like to uh, have a little word from one of our sponsors, We are fans of Angel Sense. If you guys have an eloping child, take a listen because this is a product that can help you guys out. Check it out. Are you struggling with how to keep your eloping child safe? Check out Angel Sense. Angel Sense comes activated and ready to use straight out of the box and works with an easy to install app for your phone. It provides GPS location monitoring and both one way and two-way calling to help you keep tabs on your little one. It also has an optional SOS button your child can use to contact you directly in case of emergencies. The AngelSense monitor not only provides your child with safety, but it also comes with a gift of peace of mind. Check out the link in the description box below. So yeah, that is the AngelSense tracking device. It is great. We have one for our kid because she's an elopement risk, but we use that to discreetly track her and it alerts us to any sort of like change in routine, essentially. So check that out. And thankfully, I mean, they're able to pin it in the pocket. So I mean, it can be very discreet. So like our oldest loves wearing dresses, so we can pin it to like the back or side of one of the dresses and it's pretty discreet. That kind of ties back into this whole letting your child have their own identity. Something like that can allow them to have a little bit more of independence and kind of be who they are without us as parents having to constantly hover over them, which I don't know about you guys, but that's definitely what I do often, especially since I've got two. So that has been helpful with letting our kids have a little more space and we could kind of trust it a little more. (laughs) Right. Definitely helpful, at least when we can't necessarily have eyes on them and we have to rely on other people to kind of watch them or babysit them just in case they can start wandering off. Thankfully, that's obviously never happened. Who am I kidding? Usually we don't have babysitting. Yeah, I know. Never. (laughs) Never is the right word. (laughs) The, the, The dream of babysitting one day. And usually when we do have people watching them, it's at the house. But it's just nice to know in an emergency, you do have kind of peace of mind. And I mean, that's really what the product is for. You're purchasing kind of like an insurance to like help you out a little bit. Again, that's the Angel Sense Monitor. And you can find details for that in the description for this podcast episode. So back to autism acceptance, I kind of want to just wrap up the idea here that what we're trying to convey is, again, not that we don't believe in having our identities associated a bit with autism or expressing things like, I love somebody with autism, for example. There's no problem with wearing a shirt or anything like that that says that. I just want to put out there the idea or like just for us to consider and keep kind of in the back of our minds that our kids are still more than their autism. 
One of my worries is, at least with myself initially, one of the things that I did was I started hyperfixating on the autism. And I don't know if that was my autism, the hyperfixation part, but I know that I've seen other parents do that too, especially at the beginning of the journey, where you kind of get stuck thinking about only the autism. And so all we think about when we think about our kids is the therapies they have to do, whether or not they're meeting milestones, what appointments they have to go to, what their teachers are saying, accommodations, IEPs, all of that. And so it's important to sometimes just take a step back and start thinking about, oh, what movies do they like? What's their favorite toy right now? Things like that. Depending on where you're at in this journey, I mean, you have very different perspectives and your comfort level. When we first got the diagnosis, I kind of resorted more inward. So, I mean, I wouldn't have been the type of person to wear autism shirts and draw attention to myself or like my kids. <laughs> that was you. <laughs> I was more so, honestly, I think of the uh, the little short float. That kind of resembled me where I was reflecting on, did I do something wrong? Like, are the kids going to be okay? I was worried for their future. So the last thing I really wanted to do was like broadcast it to the world. So I was kind of very much focused more on internal thought and dialogue than projecting outward. But I mean, we're both now advocates. We have autism t-shirts, I think. Yeah, we have have a a couple. A couple (laughs) somewhere. But I mean, we, we definitely make sure that on any given day, if someone is to ask us like, oh, tell me about your oldest daughter, we would list off probably like 10 or 15 things before it ever occurred. Like, oh yeah, she's autistic, by the way. I mean, we would list off her favorite colors, her favorite foods, the silly things that she does, how adorable she is when we say things in the car and she responds back to us in a sweet way. We'll respond with basically everything under the sun. And then it'll just kind of be like like a checklist and be like, oh yeah, if we feel comfortable disclosing to that person, then we'll be like, oh yeah, and she is autistic. But I mean, it's never like the first item as far as who she is as a person that doesn't carry that type of power or weight. Both of our girls are unique in their own special different ways. And I don't think that it necessarily has the power to overshadow who they are as people for the diagnosis. And if you're already doing that, that's great. That's wonderful. But if you're not already doing that, I would just want to challenge you to consider thinking about that a little bit. Just think about what are the other things that make your child who they are? What's their favorite food? What makes them smile in the morning? What makes them cry? Reflect on that and think about those moments and create memories with those moments instead of just always focusing on the autism. And I say this also because time flies by and we know this as parents, whether you're a parent to a neurotypical child or an autistic child, either way, time flies by and our kids will grow in a blink of an eye. So it's important to reflect on these things as they're growing so that we don't miss out on those moments. For me personally, I would be really upset in the future if I had never known about my kids' cute, unique, quirky obsession with ducks and space. That's just something that you don't really want to miss out on. But you will if you're not looking for it. And I say not looking for it because autistic kids in particular are not often the types to volunteer that information. They might if they have echolalia or they're scripting or something like that. But if they are nonverbal or the antisocial, not really connecting with their peers type, they might never come to you with what those interests are. And that does not mean you don't have an opportunity to find them out. It just means that we have to be a little more involved to find them out. 
And sometimes it's meeting them where they're at. I mean, I remember when we kind of first started down this journey, our oldest didn't play with toys. She played with water bottles with food coloring dye in them. And that was her excitement. She loved lining up the water bottles and then moving them around the house and lining them up again. But that was what she found interesting. And that's what she was really loving to do when she was year and a half, two years. So Lee and I met her exactly where she was. So we would show her different designs that she could do lining up the water bottles. We would show her you can stack them. You can roll them down the stairs. You can play with them in all sorts of different ways. And it was very interesting to see after a while, she started to realize like, oh, wow, I can manipulate the water bottle in a different way instead of just lining it up. As a parent, it might not be the most exciting interest that your your child is interested in, but it is very important. I think when you get on their level and you start playing and engaging with what they find interesting, it is very eye-opening to kind of get a glimpse into their world. And then you build this bond with with them where she was in her own world. We basically didn't exist. But as soon as we started doing that, then she started to kind of let us into her world a little bit. And that was a few years back. It's progressed since then. But I mean, sometimes you just have to meet them where they're at and find the interests that you have with them and then let that kind of grow into different parts of life. Yeah. I mean, for us, unlocking that door was as simple as dropping a dye into a bottle of water. A little drop of dye changed everything for us. And Really, it did because that was the beginning of her opening up her world to us. That little drop did it. And so that's why I I just want to end this with it's not a matter of any sort of ill intent or anything like that. It's just a matter of not forgetting who our children are underneath the autism and remembering to help that part of them bubble up to the surface because our autistic kiddos can't necessarily do that on their own. It takes us as their parents to help them get that bubbling going and get their personality up to the surface so that we can find out who they really are. I completely agree. And you won't regret it, I promise, if you build that connection with your kids. I mean, it's truly a wonderful experience to have. Honestly, it's the best experience. So with that said, I hope you guys got some helpful information here. I apologize if anything I said was (laughs) offensive. I'm not trying to bash anyone who loves their autism memorabilia. (laughs) Go for it. But hopefully this was helpful as well. I'll see you all next week. All right. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. This has been the audio from the Embracing Autism podcast live stream series. Please check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at Autism Wish to catch these shows live. Otherwise, stick around next week for our next episode. This is Embracing Autism.